And to those of you who are watching this on Livegate Outreach TV or you are listening to the audio message on podcasts or Buzzsprouts on our audio channels, I want to say God bless you where you are. It's always very good to hear from you. In the course of the week, we got an email from the Philippines. This is about the second time we'll get message from the Philippines. And uh, we want to thank God for your life, Brother Joel, and uh, the team out there for the work you do. I believe, God, that very soon we will not just get to be seeing each other or hearing of each other across cyberspace, but we will get to meet physically. We want to encourage you for what you do and all the brethren all over the world that are also sending in messages from time to time. We truly appreciate this because we know that God is doing something new. And we pray that God will continue to multiply your testimonies in Jesus' name. We want to thank God as we continue our series on celebrating purposeful gifts. We are coming gradually to the end of this series at this time. And um, when we started it about seven, eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago, the, the emphasis I made is still what I'm making. That the purpose of this series is to help us to see the gifts that are outside our normal understanding of gifts, as in spiritual gifts. Every one of us is aware that we have the gift of prophecy, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, working of miracles, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, and so on and so forth. And we have ministry gifts of apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists. As Christians, we are very familiar with this, and many of us might be able to identify that we function in one of these areas. But not many of us truly understand the importance of our other gifts, our vocational gifts, what we do outside these four walls, what we do on a day-to-day basis that we think is predominantly to just earn us an income, but it's much more than that. I have said over and over again, not everybody can study to become a doctor. Not everybody can study to become a teacher. Not everybody can study to become a lawyer. Not everybody can study to be a historian. I remember when we were in primary school, I recognized very quickly that fine art was not for me. On one occasion, they put a tire on a, on a, on a desk and they asked us to, to sketch it. And somehow, my own tire kept on looking the other way. I did everything I could. As I put the concentric circles in, my tire would look facing left when the one we are all looking at was facing right. So that very day, I heard from heaven that this is not for you. (laughs) Fine art is just not your strength at all. Now, I can sketch and do a few things because of my background in engineering, but I don't take it any further than that because it is not my gift. It's not my calling. Now, some other people... We have a 10-year-old kid here, uh, just for the sake of not embarrassing him. I won't mention his name. But this boy can sit here. He's just 10. He just turned 10. He can sit here, and in under one hour, he can virtually give you a sketch of everybody as we are sat here. Amazing stuff. So we have gifts that God has given to us, and we must understand that in those things that God has given to us, it is not for us to see that they're just for us to earn money. They're also complementary to the so-called spiritual gifts and ministry gifts we have. And some of you may be looking at me and saying, but Brother Dave, I don't think I have any gifts. I don't think I can do anything. Now, that's not quite true. Everyone, someone say with me, everyone. 
everyone that God created, God put in you something that he never put in anybody else. You might not have discovered it. You may not be maximizing it, but I know it is there. Because the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Hallelujah. And so God who said you are perfect has given you all things well. And may you continue to experience the joy of fulfilling your life God-given mandate in Jesus' name. And so as we continue to celebrate these purposeful gifts, we're starting today. Thank you very much, sir. We're starting today with um, purposeful gifts uh, and we're looking today on builders and manufacturers. We are continuing this series, which is a little bit of an add-on to what we looked at last week when we looked at IT professionals and engineers. And we talked about their importance in terms of, you know, how they make things happen. This group of people specifically, we need to understand their role and uh, also how we can see the spiritual con- connotation of how their roles should help us to reflect on God's doings. Our key verses we read from Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 10 has always been. Let's read that. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 10. Let's read together. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Peter wrote this and he said, look, whatever calling, whatever election you have, make it sure. The, word, the words make it sure there simply means do it diligently with all your might. So take it seriously. Do it well. Don't just see it as something. A lot of people complain about their job. A lot of people. It is very natural to complain about your job because there will be many reasons to complain. There will be things that wouldn't go right in the workplace many times. Because you are dealing with imperfect human beings. You are not perfect yourself. And so you are dealing with imperfect human beings. So we will always have many reasons to complain. But let us never get ourselves in a place where we forget that it is a gift to us to be able to have a calling, to be able to be elected into that profession, whatever it is, whatever it is. And we are doing it diligently and making it sure so that God is being glorified. The Bible says, for if you do these things, there is an entrance that will be supplied to you into the everlasting kingdom. This is not just talking about going to heaven. This also means that there will be an entrance of God's grace supplied to your life. There's a fulfillment of God's grace supplied to your life. So my God will continue to help you and I to expound, to, to enjoy the grace that he supplies for us to do what he has called us to do in Jesus' name. Now builders and manufacturers are our emphasis today. This group of people, I put them together because they have something in common. They produce things. They make things out of they make new things out of certain raw materials or parts builders can take parts of an object mostly buildings or raw materials and put things together and uh, make a new product usually a building we use building a lot like the building we're in if you didn't have builders people who could take the idea that was put on paper by an architect which we talked about last week and those people who are into creative designs like engineers and so on, who design these systems, 
You need a builder to actually take it from that place and make it real. To put it into a physical product that everyone can handle. Praise the Lord. The same thing with manufacturers. They could be persons or companies who also make goods for our use. And most of the time, there are commercial elements to these things. But the key thing we're celebrating here is the fact that these people help us. If builders don't do their work, we will not have the kind of places that we have today. These builders and manufacturers are very helpful to us and are God's gift because they are a blessing to mankind and they help us in about three basic ways. One, they provide the shelters. Shelters, houses that we live in, is because builders know what to do. Now, you never can imagine when you just walk into a house and uh, you put on the lights, you put on the heating and everything is working, you never can appreciate what has gone in to make that simple structure work the way it is working. Uh, in the course of the week, I, I, uh, we, we made uh, an order for our church to now have a, a remote control heating system. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. So this is what these people do. They make life easier. Manufacturers make products. Now, those products did not exist 20 years ago, 30, 20 years ago when this building was built. They did not exist. So we can connect them. They are coming to install them in a couple of weeks' time to the boilers so that uh, from this smartphone and any smartphone that has the app on it, we can actually put on the heating and, uh, and, and put it off when we like. Praise the Lord. That saves somebody waking up at 4 a.m. in winter to come and put it on. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Now, these are what manufacturers do. They, they contribute to life processes. I told you yesterday, last couple of weeks ago that the abundant life that Jesus promised is in all ramifications. First and foremost, spiritual, that we have a relationship with him, but also to have the comfort of life. Abundant life is total package, which is, is to give us the comfort of life, which is also to help us to, to be able to live life in such a way that we can glorify God and be more productive. When we have these things, it is not so much for us to be able to just enjoy life and, and relax and merry make and just carry on, but it is to help us to be more efficient at serving God. Praise the Lord. Nowadays, when I want to make my notes, I just basically read to my, I read to my tablet now, now, now this, is, this is life. This is life. When I started to, to preach in, 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 in the early 90s, you had to have four Bibles. You have your Amplified Version. You have your King James Version. You have, you know, you can't do without King James because when you are reading, everyone is confusing you. You go back to King James. <laughs> or when some, some Bibles, some versions have thrown away some verses, you go back to King James to check what was there because that's about the, you know, the fulcrum of everything. So we'll have King James, New King James, NIV, and so on. And uh, we had to study like that with pen and paper, concordance at the back. Now, with just one simple device like this, you carry all that and over 500 books that you can refer to at any time. Just with a simple device like this. Because somebody took time to take the idea of a person and manufacture a product like this. When I'm preparing my notes now, I just speak to, 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 the, to the... I mean, I still type a bit. But because of I do so many things, it's easier for me to speak to... A, 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 an application that can take what I'm saying and translate it. As I press enter, I check what it has written. I say, you wrote it well. Okay, we carry on. 
And then I can write and do that in under 15 minutes. I can write four pages. Unlike my typing that cannot go more than one page in, in that same time. So this is what we're saying. These things help us to be more productive, not just to enjoy life, but to also be able to do the work of the ministry and everything else God has called us to do much better and more efficiently. So we must celebrate these people. The buildings that they build for us help us to be functional. It is where we can have our offices, where we can have our railway stations. They build big things, airports. They build things. They push boundaries. Today, the Singapore airport is not just an airport. It's an airport. It's a recreation center. It's got a theme park. It's got everything in it. So if you have a 12-hour stopover in Singapore, you don't need to go outside the airport. You can just be there. If you ask them to delay you a bit more because it is a lovely place to be. Because people conceive things and keep working in such a way that things can be better for you and I. Products generally enhance the quality of life that man can enjoy. So what's the business of a church in celebrating these things? These are what people call secular gifts. We celebrate them because, you see, what you don't thank God for, you can never enjoy. What you don't appreciate, you can never become. We want to see more Christians become builders. We want to see more Christians become manufacturers. We want to see more Christians take on these roles as well. Because we have said, every sector of our economy and our society that we can have people with the fear of God operating at the highest levels possible will always cause the products and the outputs of that sector to respond to the kingdom because of the ethos that they will give to it. Praise the Lord. And so as Christians, we must not shy away and think those are things that are separate, but they are also things that God has given. God is is the creator of all things. We have said this again and again. And Genesis 1-1, the very first verse in the Bible, tells us this. Let's read it together very clearly. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Everybody want to go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So everything else we create is secondary to that. God is the first creator. He's the first builder. He's the first person with the inspiration of what the heavens and the earth would be. Now, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's in Psalm 24, I think it's verse 3, and the fullness thereof. Hallelujah. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So whatever we build today, we must build it to give him glory. Hallelujah. When he made the heavens and the earth originally, there was no cars in them. But that did not mean that he had not created cars even by then. We are only walking in dispensations of time coming into full fulfillment and into fullness, the things that God has already created from the beginning. The Bible says, in the beginning. And I've told you many times, this beginning is not the beginning of God. God has no beginning. He has no end. That's why we don't sing here, ancient of days, how old are you are. You know that song? Ancient of days, how old are you are. How do they sing? <laughs> how old you are. Something like that. <laughs> as old as you are. That's <laughs> it's a wrong song the wrong song if you are singing it and you're hearing me stop singing it he's not old he's not young he's just god he has no age he's ageless hallelujah this beginning is not his beginning because he has no beginning but this is the beginning of time this is the beginning of time eternity exists before time and eternity will exist after time you know time will come to an end You know that. Hallelujah. A day will come when everything will stop. There will be no more time. We will be translated into glory. And then we will continue the journey of eternity. 
Hallelujah. This is why we preach and teach every time that whatever you do, make sure that you are going to spend that part of eternity with him in heaven. Because even if it is down in hell, it is still going to be forever. This is why we as believers must continue to appreciate what God has done from the beginning of time. The Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Man was not existent. He was non-existent when he started it all. Look at what God said to Job. We read in Job chapter 38 from verse 4 to 6. I will read now, but we read verse 11. If you are hearing this message, read Job 38, 1 to 11. That was our scripture reading. But now I want us to quickly look at Job chapter 38 from verse 4. Job chapter 38 from verse 4. Verse 4 to verse 6. We're just going to read that quickly. Have we got it on? Thank you. Let's read it together. It said, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Verse 5. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Verse 6. To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? Now to give a bit of context to this, you know the story of Job very well. Job was, the Bible says, the most upright man in the time in the East. And uh, we know that Job was a man who was tempted by the devil, was really tested by the devil as permitted by God. So Job went through the worst things possible. Now, the book of Job is is just before the book of Psalms, but that does not mean that was when it happened. Bible history tells us that it was actually occurring at the same time that Abraham was Uh, living life. We're still going to do some studies around that, but just so that we put it in context. But then Job was going through this situation, and uh, his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, he had three friends and a wife who did not die, who was not killed by, by Satan because he lost everything else as family was concerned. And Satan kept her just so that she can continue to be tormenting him as well. (laughs) Because every time the woman will say to her, where is this your God? Curse him and die. It's better for you. Hallelujah. Now, the friends were all saying different things that Job was a sinner and everything was wrong with him and all that. And that's why he had that problem. And Job was just, you know, wondering why everything was happening to him. But in all the, the Bible says he did not sin. Now, when God spoke, finally, God never said anything up to this very chapter 38. When God spoke, he said, look, where were you when I formed the earth? You think I don't know what I'm doing? He said, where were you? He said, where were you when I, what do you know? I fastened its foundations. The earth today, the scientists and the people who study astronomy tell us that the earth is circulating around an orbit and in in, in the universe and the galaxies, you have the solar system where we live or where the earth is predominant, is is situated, is is going around the sun and we do that trip once every 365 days and that's what we have as time in a year. But the truth is nobody has really truly been able to explain how that thing is suspended as massive as it is, how it's suspended there and how Everything is fastened to its foundations. Nobody has been and nobody will be able to explain it because that is something that God himself has done. Hallelujah. So this means to us that as Christian builders and manufacturers, we must also have faith. The Bible says God created everything by faith. We know that Hebrews chapter 11 
verse 1 to verse 3 tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen hebrews 11 have i got that now thank you thank you hebrews 11 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen verse 2 for by it the elders obtain a good testimony now let's read verse 3 together loud and clear by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Let's read it again. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. This is the way God created the world. We know Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible says, And God said, Let there be light, and everything began. Hallelujah. We must understand that if we don't operate by faith, we cannot build things, even physical things for God. The Bible says, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. God himself formed the world by faith. So we who are builders must also operate by faith. And some will say, but Pastor David, that's not my job. I don't build anything. You do. You contribute to building lives. You contribute to building your own life, your temple. You contribute to doing things. And at times, we also contribute to building physical structures like this and edifices like this for God. We have to do it by faith. The Bible says we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God. The people in my profession and people who build uh, in this vocation say we take risks. They call it risks because to take something that is drawn on a computer or on a piece of paper and translate it into something physical, believing that the assumptions you have made about the material's weight and about the wind and about the kind of rain and flooding and anything that may be, you know, uh, incremental to that structure will not affect it in time, takes risks. It takes faith. Many of us were hearing about Indonesia just in the last few weeks, a few days, a couple of weeks now, and unfortunately lots of lives lost again. But you know, this is a country that is very, very prone to earthquakes and very adverse weather. And they have survived quite a lot. And when they interviewed the people, they said to them that this one caught them unawares. They're usually well prepared, but that this one caught them unawares. So we build these things, we need to take risks. But unfortunately, believers cannot even take risks like people who do not know God. People who do not know God are more daring to do things. The first tallest building in this world was not built in a Christian country. It was not built by people who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We must be the persons taking the lead. If we say we have the same God who know this God, if we say we are the people who know this God, that we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, we must also be people who take bold steps. This is why when we launched that we were going to buy this building, we were not looking at the physical. Look at the second part of the verse. It says, so that the things which are seen are not made of the things which are visible. We have come to a generation where we reduce everything to the physical before we do what we want to do. You must know how to see things the way God sees them. When God said, let there be light, everything he was seeing, there was darkness. The Bible says darkness covered the face of the deep. 
The whole earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. But the Holy Spirit was there hovering. And that's all you need. That's all you need. So whether you are called to build a building for God in, your, in, 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 in a physical building, or you are called to build a building of a person, your own life, as we will soon see that we are buildings, whether you are called to do anything that has to do with building, you must be a person who walks by faith. Because the things which are seen are never made by the things which are visible. Faith, the Bible says, is the substance handling the things that you are hoping for, having the evidence of the things that you cannot now see. So when you want to build a child, you don't build the child based on what you see today. You build a child based on what God has told you about them. You build a child about what God is telling you about them and you continue to see that thing that you want them to become. You continue to see what you want to see, but you have to do it by faith. Hallelujah. And I know that many times fear is the biggest barrier in believers having uh, to, to, to do the things that God has called them to do. Many people cannot step out of the boat of comfort today because they are afraid. Many people cannot do the things they ought to do for God because they are afraid. They are afraid of failing. They are afraid of, of, of the future. They are afraid of many things. Gideon was going to battle and he asked anyone who wanted to come to battle to come along. 32,000 people came out. And Gideon was like, wow, this is serious. We are going to win hands down. God called him and said, you know what? A lot of these people here are not serious. This is my paraphrase. <laughs> they are not serious. If you go to battle with these ones, they will kill you before your time. <laughs> he said, you tell them something. Anyone who is afraid, just mention, don't say anything else. Just say, if you are afraid, go back home. Gideon was shocked when more than 29,000 people, <laughs> 29,000 people say, this is our chance. You better go back. <laughs> the woman that's been arguing with her husband ever since they were walking to the place, he said, it is your chance. You have been complaining that you don't want to go for Better let's go home now. <laughs> Please, all that one is not in the Bible. I'm just putting it there. But you know what I'm saying? Fear has robbed many people of the opportunity to go and break new grounds. And it is still doing so. With all due respect, I want to thank God for everyone here. But you know, when we launched the building project here, I knew that some people would be afraid. I knew. I'm not, kid. I'm not a kid in these things. I knew some people would be afraid. But I knew it would also separate the wheat from the chaff. These things are the things that always separate the genuine and the serious from the unserious. Anybody can talk. Yesterday, I was thinking about the phrase, talk is cheap. How many of you have heard it? Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. And I looked at it very well. Talk is not actually cheap. Saying that talk is cheap is overrating it. That means you are putting... Talk is free. Anybody can talk. <laughs> it's not cheap at all. Talk. Anybody can go to social media and write anything. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Talk is not cheap. Talk is free. It is doing that determines who is a boy and who is a man. People will talk and talk and they can talk anything. Some people will criticize every church that is on earth and they have never pastored one person to be they have never discipled one person to be born again in their life but they can criticize td jakes and criticize anybody else and criticize joel Osteen or whoever it is the world must understand that 
the, the life that we live, we must be people who live it, knowing fully well that we have a responsibility. The Bible says faith. Right, let's go to verse 7. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is what? According to faith. Hallelujah. Someone say, by faith, Noah moved to obey God. Tell your neighbor for me, by faith, you must keep moving to build for God. Nobody builds anything in this life without faith. Nobody. Even in the profession itself. One day, I remember a project I handled, one of the biggest projects I've handled so far in my life that I can never forget is in Coventry. It's just a 10 million pound job. I did the structural design and everything went okay. Uh, it's still there today. Thank God for that. It's, the, it's called the uh, Technology Center Building in Coventry University. So anytime you go there, anytime you see the building, just remember me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, no, that's okay. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for that. But the story was this. We did everything. We had all the meetings. Everything was done perfectly. And they got to site. The very first day they got to site, we had designed the place to have piled foundations. Piled foundations are very deep foundations. And you should normally drill them for about six meters or so to, to, to get to the, to the rock. So they, they bring special equipment to drill them in. The very first day they got to site, they drilled the first hole. It went okay. They moved to the next point where we specified and they drilled, and then under one meter, they hit rock. They were a bit confused, because that wasn't supposed to be the case. Then they moved to the next hole, they drilled, and then they moved again, and then they hit rock. And they were so worried. They rang our office, and uh, it was really helter-skelter, because nobody could understand what was happening. Right there, God showed me. He said, what you must have is a case where there is an undulating layer of rock. In the substructure, I'm sorry I'm going into all this now. <laughs> that means you have a, a, instead of having a rock at, the rock at about five meters where you thought it would be, that means you have an undulating layer that the, the site sits on. So in some places it's higher, some places it's lower, but nobody could immediately see that. And when the Holy Ghost told me, I said, now what you are going to do is that you are going to use your test drills to drill every point that we're supposed to have the piles. Anywhere you have less than one meter, we will give you a new foundation, which will not be piled. And so as they were drilling, they were getting back to us in the office. When they said, we meet at point 3A, we met one and a half meters. We'll give them a new design. And then when they go to the next place, they will put a pile. That is what the building is sitting on today. Thank God it has not sunk. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because the wisdom of God was at work. Hallelujah. But you need faith. My boss said to me that time, my senior person in the office, he said to me, he said, David, are you sure? I said, that's, that's the only choice we've got. He said, but all the boreholes they drilled showed us that we should hit rock at five meters. I said, they must have drilled at the places where the rock was five meters deep. Now, this is a man who had been practicing years before me. But you see, when you are walking with the Spirit of God and you are walking by faith, you have a kind of confidence and assurance that is unmatchable. Hallelujah. So by faith, keep moving. Tell your neighbor for me, by faith, keep moving. God is very particular about buildings in several ways. In the scriptures, he likens us to a building. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. 
The Bible says we come into him as living stones, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Say, I am chosen by God as a living stone. This is very important. Verse 5, read verse 5. He said, now let's read it together. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. As living stones, we must understand that we have the master builder who fits us together. This, this changes the way we see the work of builders. Not just them providing buildings, but for them to show us a type. You see, every one of these blocks that you can see, these blocks are not decoration. They are the actual blocks that form the panel that you can see there. Now, each one of those blocks in the spiritual house, in the body of Christ, represents you, represents me. As we take our place, when you have this mentality, imagine one block removed there. No matter how hard we try to hit this place, no matter how much we try to make this place good, it defaces it. And it also does not allow us to enjoy the benefit of the house. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you have that understanding, it shows you how important your role is in the body of Christ. It's without that understanding that people think, I can do it, somebody else will do it, if I don't do it. No. When you understand that you are a living stone, you are also being built up into a spiritual house. I always see that house as a kind of a special house that is always complete, but at the same time, God is always in his own wisdom adding blocks to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's never a hole waiting for the block to be filled as such, but there is always room for a new block to fit in because everyone who gets saved is fitting and they take their own place. Praise the Lord. We must see that the work of builders and people who manufacture things help us to see how we fit together as living stones. And that should give us a sense of belonging to the great work. We also see that many times the Bible, the, the, the word of God likens the work of the ministry to buildings. First Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. Let's read together. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's fields. You are God's building. Verse 10. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. Hallelujah. Every one of us must understand that the builders that we have in the world today and the buildings and the structures we see in the world today are to remind us that we also must be building as we are building on the foundation laid by the master builder. Paul said, I have laid, given to me by God as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Let everyone be careful how he builds. This means that we must understand our commitment to the work of the ministry as not just being something that we do as we like, but we do it as God commands as the master builder has commanded, and we are giving ourselves to it. May God continue to help us to serve him well. In the name of Jesus. So to conclude this, before we take our communion this morning, as we celebrate the persons and the works of builders and manufacturers, we must keep reflecting on our godly mandates in two ways. One, the Bible says we should present our bodies to be fit as a dwelling temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are the 
temples of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. He said, or do you not know, First Corinthians 6, 19, thank you. He said, or do you not know that your body is what? Okay, let me read it from here. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we must remember that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. He said, do you not know? Do you not know? So every time we see a building, every time we see a temple, a physical building like this, we should remind ourselves that we must keep our bodies as the temples of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says we should keep presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Hallelujah. This means that our life conduct must continue to have the dignity and uh, the, 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 uh, we, must, we must be reminding ourselves every time that what we, who we are is not just we. The Bible says we are not our own and you are not your own. He said, don't you know that you are not your own? What you have is from God and you are not your own. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is very important for us as Christians to know. And so when we celebrate the works of builders and manufacturers and people who build things and build temples, we must also be in the place where we are reminding ourselves that these bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Finally, we should look forward to our eternal mansions. We should look forward to our eternal mansions. So every time you see a beautiful building, you see a beautiful structure, just know that that is a, a shadow. In fact, a very, very tiny streak of a shadow of what your heavenly mansion will look like. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 1. Every one of us must keep our mind on this every time. Let's read together. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I'm sure you want to go there. I'm sure you want to go there. Hallelujah. Let us never forget, no matter how beautiful things are, my, my little girl, my daughter was, she's not little anymore, I should stop saying that. My daughter was telling me yesterday, she, she said, Dad, do you want to see your great, 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 great grandchildren? I said, if the Lord wills it so, but you know something? I want to go as soon as God is ready to call me home. Because everything we have here is good. But you know something? Nothing will ever compare to the place we are going. It is beautiful. And now I have seen beautiful buildings in this world. I've been in some places. I've slept on some hotel beds that I wish was my bed forever. <laughs> I mean, very lovely, lovely places. But nothing compares. You still feel that feeling that nothing compares. So whatever you do, when you see these beautiful things that builders are putting together, 
these products that manufacturers are making and is helping us to enjoy life much better, comfortable cars, comfortable rides, those things are good, but we must never forget that there is a place that is being prepared for us. Hallelujah. A place that we must do everything we can to get there. The devil is discouraging many people about getting to this place. The love of many is fast waxing cold, like Jesus said. Many people are becoming rebellious. Many people do not even want to care anymore whether there is a heaven or there is a hell. But that doesn't change it. One day he's coming. He said, I will come again. And I know he doesn't lie. He said, I will come again and receive you to myself. And that where I am, there you may be also. I pray that you and I will make it. I say, I pray that we will make it in the name of Jesus. Let's rise to our feet and appreciate God for his word. Always, always.